Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Legacy Church there in Shebbyville, Tennessee, where I will be preaching a word that I pray and I hope blesses your life. I pray it takes you to greater heights in the kingdom. Get ready because I believe God is going to do something special with what you're hearing today. You know, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and share this quick word and then I'm going to go ahead and get out of the way because God's got to do something in the room today, but I'm going to share briefly and quickly some things that the Lord has, has put on my heart, and then we're going to get right back into these altars, amen, and I believe that God is going to do something incredible today, and as you know, we're in our series, Let's Get to Know Him, we're in part six today, and I'm preaching on Jehovah Rapha today, and we're coming from Exodus chapter 15, if you would, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? It's our custom here at Legacy Church. Exodus 15, verse 22, the Bible says this. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. They're in the wilderness, and it's bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses and said, What shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statute and a regulation, and there he tested them. And he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, I am your healer, I am Jehovah Rapha. Father, I pray over the next couple of moments that you would help me to preach and teach this word that God, the seed of this word, would fall on the hearts of the people and produce a great harvest. Father, help us to understand your character and nature as healer today as we study out you, Jehovah Rapha. We praise you and give you glory. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray in the church said amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So this week's name that we are diving into is Jehovah Rapha, and it means the God who heals you. Come on, touch your neighbor and tell them God wants to heal you. He is Jehovah Rapha. Amen. And the term Rapha, it means to heal, to restore, or to make healthful. It comes from the Hebrew word for doctor, which is Rapha. When God reveals this name to his people, he is telling them that I am your healer. Come on. He's telling them, I am your doctor. I'm your physician. You are leaving Egypt now. You're leaving Egypt now. You're leaving your former master. You've left the old life and are stepping into a new season. Oh, come on, somebody. Anybody else ready to step into a new season? He says, you're leaving Egypt, you're leaving your old master, you're leaving slavery, you're about to step into something new, you've left this old life, you're stepping into your next season, 
And I'm going to be your doctor. I'm going to be the one who heals you. I'm going to be the one who takes care of you. I'm going to be your provider. I'm going to be your healer. I'm going to be Jehovah Rapha. Amen. I'm going to restore you. Amen. And they've just been given the victory over the Egyptians. See, this chapter is right. Chapter 15 is right after they have come out of the Red Sea and their enemies have been destroyed behind them. And he says, I've given you victory over the Egyptians. And the Lord is showing them, I'm bringing you out of bondage, but there is still the real world to deal with. There's still this new life that you're going to have to deal with. You've left slavery now, but now you're heading into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, you're going to need a healer. Come on, somebody. I said in the wilderness, you're going to need a healer. And guess what? He's it. Jehovah Rapha is it. God, the healer, is it. It's him. He's the one. He says, I'm the one who, is, who, you're gonna, who you've had to lean on for freedom, but I'm also going to be the one that you're going to have to lean on for healing. Amen. Come on. I'm going to have to be the one that you're going to have to lean on for healing because stuff going to get wild in the desert, y'all. Stuff going to get crazy out there in the wilderness. Come on. Has anybody ever been through a wilderness or am I by myself in this place? Come on, has anybody ever been through a dry season? Come on, has anybody ever been through the wilderness? It, it can get crazy out there sometimes. And when you're in the wilderness, you're going to need to know him as Jehovah Rapha. So here we go. Main, main key number one here, my first thought is this. Mankind, we need a healer to function on this earth. Us as mankind, we need a healer to function on this earth. You going to need God to know him as a healer and know him as Jehovah Rapha on this earth with healing because you need healing in four different categories. You're going to need healing in this life physically. You're going to need healing in this life emotionally. You are going to need healing in this life mentally. And you are going to need healing in this life spiritually. Come on, you're going to need a healer in this world because this place is jacked up. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. I, I said, this place is messed up. This world is messed up. Come on, it gets crazy sometimes, especially here in America. It gets crazy in this world. It gets crazy with weather. It gets crazy with sickness and disease. We need to know him as Jehovah Rapha. The world is corrupt. The world is a fallen place. The world is messed up. The world is in a fallen state because of what happened in the garden. God did not create this place to be like it is in the state that it is now. But don't worry, God is coming back to redeem the earth as well one day. But we live in a fallen state because of what happened in the garden. You're going to need a healer because the earth has been subjected to futility. Now we have sickness and now we have disease. Come on, he's a physical healer. We have cancer. Come on. We have COVID. Come on. We have flu. We have influenza. We have AIDS out here. We've got heart disease. We've got kidney diseases. There's, there's AIDS. There's kidney disease. There's countless diseases out here that can take you out on this earth. It's dangerous out here in case y'all didn't know. C come on, it can get crazy out here in the earth. Death is actually lurking at every corner. But I came to encourage somebody this morning. 
Come on, I said I came to encourage somebody this morning that Jehovah Rapha came to heal you physically. He came to heal you emotionally. He came to heal you spiritually. He came to heal you mentally. And he came to heal you physically. So let's touch on the first one yet. Because I came with good news. Because if there's cancer, there's sickness, there's AIDS, there's disease, there's heart disease, there's kidney disease, there's organ functions that fail, he is Jehovah Rapha. Y'all ain't saying nothing. He is your healer. He is the one who can redeem the body that he so uh, intricately weaved in your mother's womb. He is the only one that has the power to touch your body and heal it. Come on. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah. He is your healer. Come on. There is nothing that you can face in this life and in this world that touches your physical body that the God who I serve cannot touch it. Come on, I've seen cancer disappear. I've seen healings and miracles break out in services. I've, people's, I've seen people healed. I've seen their backs healed. I've seen miracles of all sorts and all kinds. Why? Because he is Jehovah Rapha. Because he is the healer. Because he is who he said he is. Come on, if there's sickness and there's disease in this earth, he's still a healer. Come on. He's my healer. He is my restorer. He can touch my body in an instant and make me new. I can call on his name and fevers begin to break. Come on. I can call on his name and cancer can get eradicated. Come on. I can call on his name and mental illness has to leave the room. Come on. I can call on his name and people can get out of wheelchairs. I can call on his name and he can work the miracle because he is Jehovah Rapha. Because he is who he said he is. Come on, we can call on his name and blood diseases can be made clean. Internal organs can begin to function right. Because he is Jehovah Rapha, mental health can be restored. When my, I just be honest, I told my wife this earlier. I, I don't know if y'all know this, but I, I'm pretty busy and I, I've got my hands in a lot of different things and I have a lot of different people pulling on me and a lot of different areas that I'm serving in. And can I just be quite honest? Sometimes it is very taxing on my mind. When you talk about ministry work, it's different than somebody who works in construction. It's just two different assignments. When you leave the construction site, your physical body is worn out. But when you leave the church after ministering, your mind can be wore out. And this week, I told my wife this week, I had to lay hands on my own self as I was studying this thing. Because sometimes, I'm just being honest with you. Can Pastor be real? I, I, there's so much pressure sometimes with everything that is going on. I had to, as I was studying this, and I began to just say that name, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. He can heal me emotionally. He can heal me physically. He can heal me mentally. He can heal me spiritually. And as my mind began to feel like it was going to crack with the pressure of the day I just had to lay hands on myself in my office and say he is my healer he, he can restore my mental state he can give me peace he can give me joy he can give me all of those things that I need and touch my mind in an instant and I walked out of the office feeling way better than I did when I went in why because he's Jehovah Rapha I told you earlier in the beginning of this series, there's something about calling on the name of God for what you need him to do. When you need provision, you need to call out to Jehovah Jireh. 
When you need him for healing, you need to call out him as Jehovah Rapha. Why? Because he responds to his name. He responds to, I'll just be honest, call me something different than Caleb. I ain't coming. But when you call me Caleb, I'll respond. When you need a healing and you call on Jehovah Rapha, guess what? He will show up 100% of the time. Why will he show up 100% of the time, Pastor? Because he is worried about his namesake. He's a king. And kings do. You know how many times? I don't know how many times it is, but it's all throughout the scriptures that, that David writes in the Psalms that he does it. For his name's sake. <laughs> he does it for his name's sake. Meaning that when you need a healing and you call on Jehovah Rapha and he doesn't show up, that means he would be a liar. Y'all ain't saying no thing. But when you need a healing and you call on Jehovah Rapha, he will show up for his name's sake. He'll show up for his reputation. He will show up because his name is on the line. And when you need Jehovah Rapha, when you need Jehovah Jireh, when you need the Elohim, when you need Shaddai, when you need him, call on the name that you need him for because his name is on the line. His reputation is at stake, but it's never at stake because he doesn't miss. God, does, God doesn't miss, y'all. God, God is not a man that he should lie. God shows up 100% of the time. And he does what he says he will do. Come on, because he's Jehovah Rapha, I was able to come off of psych meds when they told me I was crazy and that I would always have to be on them. And y'all should be celebrating right now way more than you are. Come on, because that, that, that's some really good news. Come on. They told me I had PTSD. They told me I was bipolar. They told me I was, no, just, they told me I was crazy. They said you'll never be in your right mind. You'll always be violent. You'll always be triggered. But then I called on the name of Jehovah Rapha and he showed up and he touched my mind and he healed my body. Come on, I have been through heartache and pain in my life. I never thought that I would love again and then my wife shows up and I ain't never loved somebody so much. Come on, somebody. I mean, God is the God who is a healer and he can put your heart back together even when it's been crushed and even when it's been broken. He can put your mind back together even when the doctor gives you a diagnosis that it'll never be right again. I came to tell somebody today that he is Jehovah Rapha and and he'll do what he said he would do. Mm. You're going to need him to touch you physically. You're going to need him to heal you physically. You're going to need him to heal you uh, mentally. You're going to need him to heal you spiritually. You're also going to need him to heal your emotions. I just touched on it just a second ago. He, he's a healer. He came to make you whole. Come on, do you understand that that's what that word sozo means? Healed, set free, and delivered is translated as whole in the Bible. He came to make you whole. Can I just say this? Jesus don't do nothing halfway. Je Jesus doesn't do anything halfway. And can I just be quite honest? In this earth and in your relationships on this earth, you are going to need to know him as Jehovah Rapha to heal your emotions. Oh, help me, G. 
I, I'm just telling you, and I'm just going to be real honest with you real quick, because you're going to need to know him as Jehovah Rapha even within the church. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. You're going to need to know him as Jehovah Rapha even in your life within church circles because people will turn on you. Come on, somebody. People will, will say things about you. Come on, somebody. People will turn on you. But you're going to have to know him as Jehovah Rapha to be able to pull the knife out of your back and let it become a scar. You're going to have to know him as Jehovah Rapha for people to turn on you, for people to abandon you, for people to leave you hanging high and dry and still be able to love like they never did a thing to you. You're going to have to know him as the healer when it comes to your emotions. You're going to have to know him as the healer when it comes to your heart. Most of us in the room, and this is a sad stat in America, but most of us in the room who've been married, we've been divorced before. You're going to have to know him as healer and Jehovah Rapha to love again and love your spouse the way that she or he deserves to be loved. Jehovah Rapha as the healer of your emotions, your spirit, your mind, your heart. We've got to know him as Jehovah Rapha to get to a place of healing to become the best version of ourselves. Can I just say that? You cannot become the best version of yourself until you are healed. Church hurt is real. Can I just say that too? Ch ch getting hurt in church is real. It's a real thing and it really does happen. But you're going to have to call on Jehovah Rapha to touch your mind and to touch your heart and to touch your spirit and to touch your emotions to get back in the game and stop forsaking the assembling of the saints and get back in the church house where you're supposed to be because you can't do this on your own. You've got to be connected with the body for what we are one body with many members. You cannot do this without your Yourself, by yourself come on the eye doesn't look to the ear and say we don't need you come on the hand doesn't look to the foot and say I don't need you around I got hurt from the other foot down the road we've got to heal y'all we have to heal watch this you need a healer because we live in a fallen world and let me show you this real quick, too, while I'm at it. We need a healer. You need a healer because of your head, your heart, and sin. You need Jehovah Rapha because of your head, your heart, and sin. Isaiah 1 and 5 says this. Where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick and the heart is faint. The whole head is sick and the heart is faint. Do you understand that the devil is not God's great cosmic foe and enemy? Y'all okay? The devil isn't God's great cosmic foe who he's in this epic battle with for mankind's soul. The Bible teaches that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So God handed the devil an L before this thing ever got started. Jesus says, when I was in heaven with him and he revolted, he fell down like lightning. You don't even see lightning until after it happens. That's how quick it was. <laughs> Your, the Bible says this, so watch this, watch this. Your mind is at enmity with God. 
So, so this makes Romans 12, 2 very, very important where the Bible says, do not be conformed by this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is for your life. You cannot do and accomplish what God has called you to do and accomplish until you fix this thing right here. See, when you get born again, your spirit comes to life and you are made new and you're a new creation in Christ Jesus internally in your spirit. But can I just be quite honest with you? Nothing happens here yet. That part is up to you. This is why we have people who's they're young Christians and whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But you look at their life and you say, what in the world is going on? You got to get to working on this as well. I said, the whole head is sick. The, The whole head is sick. So your mind is at enmity with God. You've got to renew this thing and straighten this thing out in order to accomplish your destiny and your purpose on the earth. So, so your head is sick. Watch this. Your heart, your heart, your heart is sick too. Watch this. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says this. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Who can understand? The heart is deceitful above all else and is desperately sick. When you talk about the heart, you are talking about your emotions and your feelings. And the Bible just said that the heart is deceitful above all else. Oh, Lord. People make me real nervous when they say, I feel like God is telling me to do this or to do that. Oh, y'all quiet in here. Jasper, help me to get, help, get them to help me preach, man. Come on. The heart is deceitful above all else is what the Bible says. And when you talk about the heart in the scriptures, we're talking about our emotions. We're talking about our feelings. That's why I get real nervous around people that say, well, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this. I feel, and, and it's okay if, you, if you've said that, because guess what? I've said it too, but God has showed me this. It ain't about what you feel. It's about what God said. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you feel. Feelings are fickle. Feelings come and go. Come on. But what did God tell you to do? What is God instructing you to do? It does not matter. Let me help you like this. Jesus says, love your enemies. You are never going to feel like loving your enemies. But the question is, are you going to walk in obedience to the thing that God tells you to do? It does not matter how you feel, for feelings are fickle and your heart is deceitful above all else. Will you obey the thing that God tells you to do not how you feel what did God say did you get a word from God amen last one here that we need here the the head the heart and sin sin when we talk about being healed from sin this is our spiritual healing that we're talking about we talked about physical we've talked about mental we've talked about emotional but when you talk about healing being healed from sin you're talking about your spirit come on we need jehovah rapha the healer because watch this we have a sin problem i tell it to our students all the time at btb like 
You, you don't have a drug or an alcohol problem. You have a sin problem. Drugs and alcohol is the surface issue of why you do what you do. You do what you do because your, your heart is wicked. You haven't renewed your mind. You haven't been born again. There's no new way of thinking. There's no way, new way of living. Like, like you've got to get born again filled with the Spirit of God because you have a sin problem. So main key number two here is Jehovah Rapha in the Old Testament. He reveals our need for a healer because of sin. Check this out. All throughout the Old Testament, physical sickness and disease would come upon the people because of sin. God uses this as an illustration for our, our greatest need of healing, which is our need for healing from our sin problem to be healed spiritually. When they wouldn't sin and follow him, they would walk in blessing and health. But when they would sin and not follow him, they, there would be calamity that would follow them, sickness and disease, and they would be ravaged and raided and taken even out of their country. God was trying to show them that sin brings about death. Let me give you a New Testament scripture for it. The wages of sin is death. When they would get sick and cry out to him and repent, God would always heal them. By the way, a lot of the times he sent it. We don't teach that no more. That's Old Testament Christianity, ain't that what you, you, you Old Testament Christian. All right, I got to go. But, but it, was, it was God who sent it because God was trying to give an illustration and God was trying to show them that, that, that sin brings about sickness. You know, the greatest sickness and disease on the earth isn't cancer. Come on, the greatest and sickness and disease on the earth isn't heart disease. The greatest and sickness and disease on the earth is not kidney failure or organ failure or any of those things. The greatest sickness and disease on the face of the earth is sin. It's sin. When he would judge them, it would usually be through sickness because sickness got their attention and made them realize their need for God, their need for a healer, their need for Jehovah Rapha. Have you ever noticed that when you get sick, you pray a lot more? <laughs> or am I the only one? I I'll have a cold and I'll be praying in tongues on the, laid out like it's the end of the world. My wife will probably testify to that, but she bad too. Don't let, don't, hey, better tell somebody, tell the truth now. <laughs> We're both bad. When we get sick, it's the end of the world. When I get sick, it's the end of the world for him. Yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true. Come on, come on. Have you noticed that sickness, even this, to this day, it get folks' attention on him as God, the healer. It, it, it get folks' attention as him for him as God, the healer. Folks who haven't prayed in months or years will begin to pray when they get a diagnosis from the doctor. I'm telling you that God actually uses sickness, even to this day, to get our attention. Why? Because he is still the healer. He's still Jehovah Rapha. Sickness in this earth reveals the character of God. Sickness in this earth helps to reveal the character of God. We're in the New Testament under the dispensation of grace. I am not saying that God sends sickness on your body. 
But what I am telling you is that God will use it to point you to him as Jehovah Rapha, the healer. He will use it to show you who he really is. Uh, God used addiction to show me that he's still setting the captives free. See, I had put myself in addiction. I was an addict and I was a womanizer and I was all of these evil and wicked things. God never made me do it. God didn't orchestrate me to do it. I have a free will and I made all these type of decisions on my own. But God is the God who makes the statement in Romans 8, 28 that he is able to work all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose so he didn't put me in addiction I put myself there but he used addiction and pulled me up out of it and revealed himself to me as the one who still sets the captives free as a deliverer as a healer as a miracle working God he uses it oh Lord and I gotta hurry because this is where I might get excited Jehovah Rapha uses the wilderness to teach us this about himself. Y'all remember that uh, uh, God was the one directing the GPS for Moses. They come out of the Red Sea and we open chapter 15 and where have they landed? They have landed in the wilderness. If you continue and go on to read, it says the wilderness of sin is one of the names of the areas that they were in. Come on, without the wilderness, you can't know him as Jehovah Rapha. Without the wilderness, you can't know him as Jehovah Rapha. Let me help us with some New Testament. Who was it that led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights? The Bible says that the holy after his baptism and the sky cracked open and God said, this is my beloved son whom I love and whom I am well pleased. He puts his stamp of approval on his son and then he says, get up, son, you're going to the wilderness. You're going to the wilderness. The Bible also says in Exodus 15 there that he tested them. That, that he sent them in the wilderness to test them. You got to understand that when you go to the wilderness, the wilderness is not meant to destroy you, but the wilderness is meant to test you. Mm-mm-mm. I said it before, I'll say it again. God will never tempt you, but he will test you. God has to test you because God needs to see what is the capacity of what he could put on you and in you. Come on. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. God, what needs to test you in the wilderness? He needs to test you in a dry season. He needs to test you in some hard things and in some trials and in some fiery trials because God needs to know the level and the capacity that you can handle. God is all about wanting to understand who it is that he can trust. Because if God can trust you, God can bless you. But if God can't trust you, God can't bless you. So many of us are wondering why we ain't walking in the blessing in a state of being. It's because we not have not yet proven to God that we can be trusted with the level and the capacity that he wants to put on our lives. He, he sends you to the wilderness 
to test you. Watch this. The wilderness is a place of preparation for the promotion. I'll try it over here. The wilderness is a place of preparation for your promotion. No wilderness, no promotion. No testing, no leveling up. Come on, I've said it a million times. There is levels to this thing in the kingdom of God. Come on, if you don't... Christians that don't never go through anything, they scare me. They make me nervous. Come on. The, the wilderness is the place of preparation for the promotion. God cracks open the sky. He tells them, this is my beloved son whom I love and I am well pleased. Now, son, get up, go into the wilderness. I need you to defeat the devil. And watch this. Do you understand that Jesus was defeating his own flesh in the wilderness? Jesus was the son of God who was with God in the, in the beginning but he had wrapped himself in flesh, and the Bible teaches us that he was tempted and tried in every way. Don't hit me with none of the... Well, Jesus didn't have to face the internet and looking at stuff at 12 o'clock at night. No, Jesus was faced and tempted in every way, yet he did not sin. Oh, man. Holy Spirit dropping bombs in my mind. God's got to get you through the wilderness, not just for you to overcome and level up, but for the people that you are called to affect to overcome and level up. See, if Jesus never goes to the wilderness and defeats sin for us and defeats the devil and temptation for us and defeats and crucifies his own flesh before he ever gets on a cross, he had already crucified that flesh, baby. He did that with 40 days and 40 nights out there in the wilderness with no bread and a little, I don't even know if he had water. I don't know, but, but he has defeated. He defeated it. For you in the wilderness. Now, what is God trying to get you to defeat in the wilderness for others? Mm. Can I just say this, that God doesn't waste a thing. He's not wasteful. He never even wastes a battle. Do you understand that when the walls of Jericho came Tumbling down, scholars believe that they fell down in a way that was like ramps into the city. <laughs> he made a way for them to get in. Come on, this is some good stuff. Temptation. God overcome. Jesus overcomes temptation in the flesh so that you can overcome temptations in the flesh. Come on, there's got to be a test. There's got to be a wilderness for you to know him as Jehovah Rapha. God never intends to destroy you with the test, but to check your capacity. The wilderness is a place of preparation for the promotion. The children of Israel go through the wilderness before they get to the promise. You, you, you've got to go through the wilderness before you can get to the promise. Jesus had to go through the wilderness and defeat his own flesh before he could step into his purpose while he was born on the face of this earth. I'm trying to tell you to stop looking at the wilderness and the dry seasons in your life as an attack. I, I, maybe I need to say that again. 
Stop looking at the wilderness and the dry season and the deserts and the problems and the trials and the tribulations as an attack. It's not an attack. Come on. It might be that God is trying to test your capacity, that God is trying to see what he can trust you with, that God is trying to see what you can handle because God has great plans for your life, but God cannot hand you those plans because they will destroy you if you're not ready for them, if you don't have the capacity to handle them. You've got to have the capacity. He's got to know that he can trust you. We've got to stop looking at the wilderness in the wrong light and start looking at it for the what it really is. We've got to start looking at it for what it really is, and it's a test. You want to know the funny thing about a test? You'll pass it if you prepare for it. <laughs> Tests aren't hard when you study. Tests don't stress you out when you're prepared. And I just prepared you. That, that God will let you go through a wilderness so that he can see what you are prepared for. So that he can see what you are ready for. So that he can see what your capacity is. When it comes to a test, if you study, you will pass it every time. Watch this. You might not make a 100, but God ain't looking for perfection. He's looking for preparation. In school, you'll pass a test if you make a 70. That's good odds for some of us. <laughs> I made 70s all throughout high school. And guess what? They still handed me that piece of paper at the end. <laughs> God, but God, God isn't looking for perfection. He's looking for preparation. God isn't looking for perfect people. He's looking for prepared people. I got to go. Watch this. Don't let the wilderness change you. You go in and change the wilderness. Subpoint number two on the wilderness. Let's just stay here for a little bit. We'll get back to Jehovah Rapha in a minute. But y'all need to hear this, and I'm almost done. Don't let the wilderness change you. You go in and change the elements of the wilderness. If you go on to continue reading in Exodus chapter 15 and 16 and 17 and beyond, you will begin to see that simply because they are God's kids, simply because they are God's children, simply because they have called on him, he's answered their prayers, he's took them out of bondage and he's taking them to the promise, God begins to change the elements of the wilderness. Uh, let me help you like this. It doesn't rain bread in the wilderness. Come on, Caleb, come on. Manna. You don't go hitting rocks with a stick and water come flying out that, that gives water to two million people. <laughs> Quails by the groves that feed millions of people every single day is not an attribute or a characteristic of the wilderness. 
But because they were children of God, even though they were in the wilderness, God began to shift the elements and send them blessing and send them provision because they were simply his kids. Well, what are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you that you can walk through the divorce, you can walk through that wilderness and still not lose your, lose your love and faith and people. Come on. You can walk through that diagnosis and still understand him as Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Rapha and not lose your mind in the process and lose your faith in the process. You can be in the wilderness and still walk in blessing and provision simply because you know who you are and whose you are. If you know who your father is and you can call him by name, you can be in the middle of the wilderness and in a dry season and provision even show up. Now, let me also give you a quick warning before I move on. Don't go complaining in the wilderness. You'll stay there. <laughs> when you complain in the wilderness and in the dry season, pastor's working on this too, so I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. When you complain in the world, I, let me just be transparent. I believe in my life that I have stayed in seasons that I was supposed to be out of because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Does that help? Y'all feel better now about yourself? C come on, when we complain, we wind up going in circles for 40 years that took three days to get through. You've got to watch what's coming out of your mouth whenever you're in the wilderness because what comes out of your mouth is Jesus says is what defiles a man. What goes into a man is, is it will come out. But what comes out of a man flows from his heart and it flows from within him. So you've got to be very careful with what comes out of your mouth, or you can stay in a season that God had already paid the price for you to leave. Oh. You, you, you've got to watch the murmuring. You've got to watch the complaining because you can go in circles for years that God said you could have passed through in days. Your words are, you got to be careful with your words in the wilderness. So one, we've got to look at the wilderness in the right light. Two, we've got to not let the wilderness change us, but us go in and change the elements of the wilderness, and we can't complain. I'm about to close. Hold on. We have me that towel. Y'all okay? I'm almost done. First closing. No, I'm kidding. I really am almost done. So you don't complain in the wilderness. But watch this. Can I just give you a couple of signs that will tell you that you're in a wilderness? Because a lot of us, we don't even know. We just think it's life. But God is actually trying to get you through a season so that he can promote you. Let me give you some signs that you're in a wilderness. Number one, there's no water. There's no provision. Until you begin to call on Jehovah Jireh for the provision and he can shift the elements. But, but in order to know that you're in a wilderness, there's no, water, there's no provision. Provision is scarce. Come on, provision is scarce. Snakes and scorpions, a.k.a. the devil, the enemy, and people might be present wrecking havoc 
in that season. There's heat. That means there's fiery trials that are going on around you. And here's the biggest indicator that you are in a wilderness. You will want to complain. When you are in a wilderness, like I said, you got to watch those words. When you are in a wilderness, the greatest indicator that you are in a wilderness is that you will begin to feel complaints bubbling from your belly and trying to get to here. But you've got to take authority over it in the name of Jesus and say, I shall not be moved. I shall not complain, but I shall walk and I shall see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Everything might be dying around me and everybody might be turning against me, but I, t- I will believe believe and will stand on the promises of God. I will stand on the word of God. I will stand on the fact that if he said it, he'll do it. I will stand on the fact that if God sent me there, I'm on an assignment. I will stand on the fact that God has my back and I shall not murmur and I shall not complain even though all hell might be breaking loose around me. The biggest indicator that you're in a wilderness is that you will want to complain. I've showed you about Jehovah Rapha in the Old Testament. Look quickly with me, Jehovah Rapha in the New, because Jehovah Jesus is Jehovah Rapha in the flesh. Jehovah Jesus is Jehovah Rapha in the flesh. Isaiah 53 and 4 says this, however, it was our sickness that he himself bore and our pains that he carried. Yet we ourselves assumed him to be afflicted, struck down by God and humiliated. But he was pierced for our offenses. He was crushed for our wrongdoings. The punishment for our well-being was laid upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Jehovah Rapha becomes Jehovah Jesus because he's our healer. Come on, because of what he's done. Because of his sickness that he bore on a tree. Because he bore our pains and our heartache on a tree. Because he was pierced for your transgressions and crushed for your iniquities. Because by his stripes you are healed. Jehovah Jesus is Jehovah Rapha in the flesh. You must understand this from Exodus chapter 15 as well. That this is a foreshadow of Jesus in this moment. Do you think that it's a coincidence that there was a tree right beside the water that is bitter and God instructs him to take a branch off the tree and to throw it in the water and to make the bitter thing sweet? Do you remember Jehovah sit canoe verse in Jeremiah that says a branch of the lineage of David is coming? It's a foreshadow that your righteousness, who is Christ Jesus, 
who is the branch of David can be thrown into the bitter things in your life and begin to make them sweet. Come on. He can turn your wilderness into a paradise. He can turn your desert into paradise. He can turn your desert and wilderness into a garden named Eden. Come on. He can take the bad thing and make it into a good thing. He can take the bitter things and make it a sweet thing. He can take the doctor's diagnosis that might be the worst thing you ever heard and to the greatest opportunity for a miracle he ever gave you. Jehovah Sitkanu, the branch of righteousness, turns into Jehovah Rapha, who Jehovah Rapha turns into Jehovah Jesus, your healer. Jesus' healing ministry pointed to the fact of his deity. Jesus' healing ministry pointed to the fact of who he was. Worship team, y'all go ahead and come on. But I got to say this. You understand that John the Baptist gets thrown in prison. Now, 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 keep in mind, this is the same John the Baptist that said, Behold, the Lamb of the world is here. The Lamb that came to save the world, he's here. The Messiah, he's here. He approaches, he's coming, and he's the one that baptizes him. But John begins to walk through a wilderness as he's sitting there in prison. And John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus and says to ask him, are you the one or should we look for another? John the Baptist, who Jesus says is the greatest prophet of all time. He's in a wilderness. He's sitting in a prison, about to have his head chopped off. Your wilderness ain't that bad. He help us. And he sends his disciples to Jesus and says, are you the one that we should look for or should we look for another? And Jesus responds, you go tell John that blind eyes are being opened, that the lame are walking, that deaf ears are are popping open that the lepers are being cleansed because I am Jehovah Rapha because I am Jehovah Je because I am is on the scene this, this, this should shift our perspective on the name Jehovah Rapha our healer because Jesus equates his miracles his signs and his wonders when it comes to the healing as signs that he's the Messiah. So it points to us and lets us know to really understand him as Jehovah Rapha, to really understand him, let me rewind it, to really understand him as the Messiah, you need to understand him as Jehovah Rapha. You need to understand him as the healer. I said it earlier, you need to be healed in about four different categories. 
Number one, physically. Two, emotionally. Three, mentally. Four, spiritually. I want to deal with this last one real quick right now. With every head bowed, not closed, just let me, let's handle some business with the Lord real quick. Come on, if you're in this room and you need healing from sin and you want to give your life to Jesus, believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and call upon the name of the Lord. If you want to give your life to Christ and get born again today and be healed spiritually, I'm just going to ask that you would lift your hand. One, two, three, four. Come on, if you want to get healed of your sin problem today and give your life to Jesus Christ. Five. Anybody else? As the family of God, I want us to say this prayer together. Everybody say this prayer with me and say, Father God, I believe in you. And I believe in your son, Jesus Christ. I repent of my sins and I give you my life. Jehovah Rapha, heal me of my sin issue. Heal me of my sin problem. Fill me with your spirit and power. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me. Now, we got a little more business to handle. I, I know... I know that we've been in the house of God for a little while this morning, but I'm begging and imploring you that when I give you a chance here in just a second, God has really shown me this. I really believe this with all my heart, my mind, and my spirit, that some of you in this room are fixing to get touched and healed. I believe that there's going to be physical healings. I believe that there's going to be emotional healings, and I believe that there's going to be spiritual healings. I believe that there's going to be mental healings, that your mental health will be restored. Come on, there's a stigma tied to mental health, and I'll just be honest, I've even, I've even been a part of it too. Some, sometimes I've, I've even made statements like, even to my own self, like, just shut up, stop crying, man. You, what are you crying about? And it's like, the background I come from, it's like you want to push your way through everything. But can I tell you, you can't push your way through every mental struggle that you've got. It's going to take Jehovah Rapha to touch your mind. So watch this, I'm doing this one at a time. If you need a healing physically, I just want you to raise your hand need a healing physically I just want you to raise your hand now I want you to take a step of faith and I want you to step into this altar right now I want you to make a line I want my staff up here too first give my staff give my staff give me Lindsay Marcy and Jasper where's Jasper there you I want y'all to stand in front I want y'all to grab the oil physical healings here we go This, this might be hard, but I want everybody to sque- squeeze up just a little bit because there's another line coming up behind you. Watch this. If you need emotional healing, maybe you've dealt with a heartache, a pain, loss of a loved one. You feel like everybody's left you, everybody's abandoned your emotions. That you feel like you need a healing from your emotion. Would you just lift your hand? Anybody? One, two, three, four. Come on. Just make a line right here on the on, behind this first row. Emotional healing. Come on. Maybe a friend did you wrong. Maybe a family member did you wrong. You've got to get to a place of emotional healing so that you can love again, so that you can love properly again. 
Line up if we could spread out this way. On the second row, if we could spread out this way. And we're, we're running out of room, but that's all right. We're going to figure this thing out because I'm dealing with this today. You're not leaving this place the same way that you came in here. Jehovah Rapha is fixing to touch some people. Now watch this. If you have struggled with mental health, the, the, psych world, the psychiatric world calls this intrusive thoughts where just crazy stuff pops in your mind or maybe mentally you're just wore out. Your mind just seems to race all the time. You feel like you have no peace. Come on, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three, four. Hands all over the room. If you're in one of these lines, after you get prayed for, I want that mental health line to line up against that wall because I'm coming to pray for you. Anybody that feels like they're struggling with their mental health mentality, your mental capacity, you're struggling in your mind, line up against that wall right there because I'm coming. Team, I want you to break out that oil and I want you to lay hands. Everybody up here has got to get prayed for. I'm coming back to help you in a second. But team, everybody's got to get prayed for. Lay hands on them and get to the next one. And lay hands on them and get to the next one. We need everybody touched. The Bible says this. Now, I want y'all to understand this because this isn't some church gimmick thing, what we're doing here right now when it comes to the laying on of hands and oil. The Bible says in James chapter 5, if any among you is sick, Grab the elders and the leaders and anoint their heads with oil and pray for them and the prayers of the righteous will availeth much. You're leaving free today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvasshebbyville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.